When I was a college student, a curious prank became quite popular. A group of guys would locate a Volkswagen Beetle that belonged to one of their friends. It was usually found in a parking space beside a road. They would surround the car, then reach under the bumpers, pick it up, and lift it onto the sidewalk. Uh, sometimes it was even intentionally positioned in a place from which it could not be driven out. In that case, the owner would have to round up another group of people to come and lift that car off the sidewalk and back onto the road. This is what passed for fun in those crazy days when dinosaurs were roaming the earth. <laughs> Anytime someone asks you what's the matter with kids today, you just tell them this story about your old professor. Try to imagine what it would have been like for one person to lift a VW bug. In those days, it weighed about 2,000 pounds. But if you had a group of people, the weight decreased proportionally until each person only had to lift a reasonable amount of weight. As the Chinese proverb says, many hands make light work. Jesus had a knack for turning things upside down, of taking the logic of conventional wisdom and standing it on its head. Who but Jesus would invite a weary person to take on a yoke? A yoke is heavy, it's confining, it's stressful. Elsewhere in the Bible, the yoke is used as a metaphor for oppression, living under the domination of captors, the yoke of oppression. But what does Jesus do? He invites all of us to put on his yoke, especially if we are tired or overwhelmed. Now, if I were inviting weary people to rest themselves, I might say something like this. Grab a comfortable lawn chair and go with me to the beach. Let's sit for a while watching the crashing waves and listening to the seagulls and basking in the sun. But not Jesus. Jesus says, come here, weary one. Put this yoke on and you will find rest. It sounds like an invitation that might be ignored, but then look at those of us in this chapel. We, at some level, have felt Jesus' invitation and followed him. Have you ever been so tired that you could not put one foot in front of the other? Well, what a question for me to ask you since you are busy turning in papers and taking final exams. Of course you understand weariness. Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you rest by issuing you not a lawn chair, but a yoke. The wisdom of the world might suggest a lawn chair, but the wisdom of Jesus invites us to be yoked with Jesus. Now, a yoke is a heavy piece of wood that is curved to fit onto the necks of oxen. A smaller piece of wood bent into the shape of a horseshoe wraps around the ox's neck to hold the entire contraption together. The yoke distributes the work between two or more animals, usually oxen. Oxen are incredibly strong. They can move an object twice their own weight. But imagine the strength of two oxen yoked together. Just like that crowd of college boys lifting the VW Beetle, an impossible job becomes entirely possible. But here's the miraculous thing. 
If Jesus is at the other end of your yoke, the whole story changes. This is the first deep truth about being yoked to Jesus. Suddenly, what was arduous becomes not just bearable, but a joy. The reason that being yoked to Jesus leads to joy has less to do with productivity than it does with companionship. With Jesus at one end of the yoke and you at the other, you are shoulder to shoulder with your Lord. As much as working towards the reign of God alters our identity, just as surely being in the rich presence of the holy changes us at the level of our DNA. Being yoked to Jesus, we come to know him, to reflect him. Our very identity begins to change. We see and experience things that we previously didn't know. As W.H. Auden says, he is the way. Follow him in the land of unlikeness. You will see rare beasts and have unique adventures. It would be easy to think that being yoked to Jesus would limit us, but what we discover instead is that new vistas open to us. We see rare beasts. We have unique adventures. Working for God instead of with God thwarts our ministry. In a play about the biblical sisters Martha and Mary, playwright Jeanette Clift has Martha say these words, Sometimes when I'm serving God, I have to be careful that I don't hold it up before him and block the view. Jesus makes it clear that Mary has chosen the better part, spending time with her Lord, basking in the sunlight of his presence, drinking in the wisdom of his words, sitting in silence while the Holy Spirit moves between them, making a yoke of love. Today's reading from the Hebrew Scriptures says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Luther's Bible makes the word wait continual. It says, Those who are waiting on the Lord will have strength. Being yoked to Jesus means that we will not only have new strength, but we will soar like eagles. Imagine what we might see from the vantage of the eagle. Visions beyond our imagining, sights that can only be seen with the heart. Richard Rohr points out in the marvelous little book, The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, the little prince is told a secret by a fox. And here is the fox's secret. One sees clearly only with the heart. Anything essential is invisible to the eyes. One sees clearly only with the heart. Anything essential is invisible to the eyes. Being yoked to Jesus lightens the load. Waiting on the Lord renews our strength. Let us soar with the eagles. Let us see what is essential 
with our hearts. I want you to join me in a short song that I'm going to teach you. And after we sing it for a few times, we're going to sit in intentional silence, yoked to Jesus, waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength.